Good morning. Our scripture this morning comes from James chapter 2. I invite you to turn there with me or follow along on the screen. James chapter 2, starting at verse 15. Hear the word of the Lord. Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy Lord, as we hear your word, we hear the call to action, and we are reminded that your word is not just something to bring us comfort and hope, but you call us to transformation, you challenge us, you might even rebuke us. And so we pray, Lord, that as we ponder your word this morning, that God, you would help us to see with your eyes where you would be working in our hearts to change us, transform us, renew us, and use us. Now, gracious Lord, will you take these words of mine, turning them from water into wine, because we believe, Lord, you will take even the simplest of things and do miracles with them. So do it even now in our midst this day. In Jesus' name, amen. The last several weeks, we've been um, uh, invested in our Lenten series. We're a couple weeks into Lent. We've got a few more to go before we get to Easter. It'll be here before you know it. And so as we're journeying through Lent, we're taking time to really sit with the words of the Lord's Prayer a prayer that we know well, a prayer that we've said for a long time, um, and, and words that are just very familiar. But rem- reminding ourselves that, that there is a reason that we pray those words and the importance of them. So some of us have been a part of a small group as well, and others have just made sure that they've had a book, and there's still some there in the back if you want. If you haven't already taken one, please take one and uh, and just allow yourself a little deeper dive because our sermons are just touching the surface. So take a little deeper dive there into the Lord's Prayer. And then also a couple of weeks ago, our children that are in Sunday school right now were all given a book, The Most Important Prayer of All. And it's a prayer about, or it's a book about learning the Lord's Prayer. So we have some of these available, and there's some here um, in in uh, just here in the back of the room. There's also a bunch over at the at the church. So if you know a child, if you've got one in your home, or if you're an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, please take one um, or two or more, (laughs) depending on how many kids you have and how many homes they need to go to. It's a great little book, and it just helps to illustrate the importance of the Lord's Prayer and that we all get to be a part of praying that and spending time with the Lord. So I hope you'll take one of those. They're free. Just please take them. We want you to have them. So this week, we're going to sit for a few moments on the next phrase, give us this day our daily bread. 
Pretty simple, right? Straightforward. We're praying that God would, would provide for us the food we need for this day. Done? Nope. <laughs> no. Sorry, this sermon's, sermon's not that short. We're not that lucky. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. But we can just go from that, can't we? So many of us, we might, be, we might have prayed that prayer literally for food that day. Because there are seasons in our lives, there are times that we have gone through that we have needed that prayer for daily sustenance. There are other times that we pray that prayer and we're just thanking God that we have food that's actually in our pantry. Maybe we have more than enough food in our pantry. Anybody here in that one? <laughs> because, you know, it was a sale four for five dollars of that crushed pineapple. And we just all needed that crushed pineapple. It was a really good deal. And I'm telling you, it was that crushed pineapple that makes the best cake and the, that makes that ham just extra good. So I know I'm going to use it. I might as well have it. Well, you know, God's word kind of pushes on us sometimes. And I wonder if we think about it, if, if we're asking that God would provide us for our daily bread, do we need four cans of crushed pineapple? I mean, unless we're cooking for a lot of people and we needed to use it all at once, how long is that canned crushed pineapple going to sit on our shelves? I mean, I've said to Sean recently, my husband, I'm like, we really need to go through that pantry because I don't know what all's in there. You know, does anybody have that? Like you just buy something new and something else gets pushed to the back. I didn't even realize I had. That's a little convicting. It's a little challenging whenever I hear, hear this prayer and really think about it. God, I'm just asking that you would give me what I need for today. And what have I done with things that I've just left unused? Because when, it, when I really think about it, especially when we're uh, in the midst of collecting food, right, for our Easter food bags, there are people who don't have that stockpile, who don't have those extra cans. They're really just making it for today. They're making it right now for this week, hoping that it will all work out and that there will be enough by the end of the week. And those bags that we fill, that we bring back to the, to the church, they're being used and given to families who really are needing that help. I don't know about you, but sometimes statistics are great, and other times I would just rather not know, which is not a good thing. But they can be hard to hear sometimes. They can be hard to hear, especially when you haven't experienced it yourself. And so a statistic of being able to talk about the poverty line in this country, that for one person, the poverty line is, is to make $13,590 in one year. That's, that's the line. Can you imagine if your paycheck is $13,600 and you don't qualify for things? 
Can you imagine what it is to actually be able to provide a home for yourself and be able to get to and from work? Have you been there? Or is it just something that blows your mind that you can't quite fully comprehend? How do you actually make ends meet? How? How? And then for a family of four, it's barely double that. Are you kidding? What does that allow them to do? That's where why we have these terms like food deserts and food insecurity. Why? Why do we have to have a phrase like food insecurity? In one of the richest countries in the world, how is that something that we have? And yet there are people who who need to know that they're going to be able to get a meal somewhere, somehow. And I've got four cans of pineapple on my shelf. But we're asked and we're called upon to, to give and to make a way to, to help one another, to be a part of this life together. Because as we talked about a couple weeks ago, we started our, this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, by saying, Our Father, which right off the bat levels that playing field and says, It's not about me. I live in a community. I live in a country. I live in a world that says, I don't get to be selfish. I don't get to make it all about me. Just because that looks like a really good deal and it's really enticing, what good is it? How am I going to be able to help others with what I am doing? How am I serving God with what I'm doing? Well, one of the ways is that we're giving back, that we're making sure that, that grocery bags are filled so that we can just do a small thing by, by helping families a couple of times a year. Or we're making it a priority to be able to give to the, to the ministry that's happening down in Beaver Falls through Central United Methodist to make sure that families in our area can know that there's at least one place they can go almost every day of the week and get a hot meal. And yeah, some of them are going to take two. And that's okay. Because they shouldn't be made to feel poorly about needing food. So we give and we make it a priority that, that what we have is not hoarded on our, for ourselves, but is given. It's given honestly and openly and generously. It actually says in 2 Corinthians 8.14, at the present moment, your surplus can fill their deficit so that in the future, their surplus can fill your deficit. And in this way, there is equality. We've got to be able to give because when we pray, give us this day, our daily bread, we're again called beyond ourselves. We're called to think beyond our family. We're called to, to be able to actually give and make a difference 
for families and individuals in need. I mean, one another one of these amazing word things, right? The the history of the word daily in this in this text. It is the first time that this word is ever used in the Greek for daily. It's the first time ever, right? This is Jesus's words. They're translated from Aramaic, the the language that he spoke into Greek. The first time it's used. And here's where it falls short for us. Our daily bread, simple every day, right? But that's not the full, that's not the full meaning, The most literal translation means that which is essential. Oh, Lord, give us this day that which is essential. Because it is talking about food, sure. But listen, if we're just talking bread, we all got an idea of the bread that we'd rather have, right? Some of us want that really yummy dinner roll that you can slather with butter and good stuff. My father-in-law, he's going to need his raisin bread because there is nothing better for him than raisin bread. And how about a good marble rye? Oh, that's some good stuff. Or maybe you need one of those 12 grain sprouted versions because that's the best kind of bread for you. But let me ask about the kind of bread that is essential for life. What is the kind that that gives you everything you actually need? Jesus said as he found his way out of the wilderness after 40 days, as the enemy was trying to tempt him, telling him to turn some stone into bread. Jesus said, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I don't need that physical bread. I need the bread of life that comes from the word of God. And then later in John, Jesus actually says the words, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. (coughs) That, that is the kind of bread that we all are craving, that we all are longing for, that we all have that that growling, rumbling in our being. That is what will satisfy that hunger. Jesus, the bread of life, that is what will, will, will satisfy that longing. Give us this day that which is essential, Lord, for our lives. Well, when we think about it now, that simple phrase, that phrase is calling us to action, not just a request that God would satisfy our needs and our longings, but that God would move us to use what he's given us 
so that we might not only help to, 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 survive, to supply, to supply and, and allow someone else's deficit to be fulfilled, but to be able to share and, and help someone know that there is something more to life than filling our stomachs. Sometimes it's a little easier to fill our stomachs than it is to pay attention to what's going on around us. Sometimes we'd rather just take care of ourselves than see how much it is that we actually have and pay attention to how we could use that for others. So God is asking us again, through this simple prayer to see how he's enabling us and calling us beyond ourselves. It's a pretty big challenge, friends. It might, might make us have to change the way we're thinking about some things. But it's the prayer of life. It's the bread of life. So as we're filling some grocery bags, maybe with just a couple of items. Because listen, we're not asking you to give abundantly more than you feel you can actually give. I don't need you to bring a whole case of spaghetti. Just maybe just a couple little things in a bag. Because while it might seem like an, a small amount to you, it's an actual abundance to someone else. Last year, I'm never going to forget this, at Thanksgiving time, we had a large amount of green canned green beans. Folks, I don't know why. It doesn't always happen that way. But for whatever reason, when we went through all the sorting last Thanksgiving, we had so many cans of green beans. And, and we prayed over the food, and, and we just prayed that the people who whose favorite cereal was whatever, you know, that, that it would make it to their bag. Well, there was one family that was really large. And as the packing went, they also got a lot of green beans, like a lot of green beans. And I knew it. So I said to the woman as she was picking up the food, I just wanted to let you know that your family just ended up with an, a lot of extra green beans. And I really hope that that's not going to be too much of an inconvenience. And she says, Oh, that's perfect. My kids love green beans. They'll hardly eat any other vegetable, but they'll eat green beans. God, God does that, right? We don't do that. How does that happen? We're all standing around going, who's going to eat all those green beans? And the person's going, we will. This is perfect. So let's, let's take this prayer seriously. These simple words. Because God will do amazing things if we will just be faithful, even in a little.